0: Welcome to the prolific teaching ministry of Pastor Emmanuel Iren, lead pastor of Celebration Church International. It is his vision to partner with you for your progress and joy in the faith. Ready, set, grow. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Alright, the title of this sermon for today is Thy rod and thy staff. And these are metaphors of divine direction. Thy rod and thy staff. And because I am determined not just to preach a good sermon, you know, but to ensure that everyone here trusting God for divine leading actually receives it. I want you to be ready to receive all that you hear like a sponge. And that's why I want you to be responsive. There's something about response to the word of God that opens your spirit to divine possibilities. Come on, are you with me? The Bible says that the child heard the salutation and did a somersault in the womb. That's how you respond to the word of God. It means when you have the opportunity to shout, you shout, you jump. Don't compress it. The last day, the great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried with a loud voice. And that's why we try to get you to repeat the word of God and just the importance of confessing the word. Are you in Psalm chapter 23 now? Open your Bible, Psalm chapter 23, a text that you very well know. But I want us to declare it. Oh, God. It says, the Lord is my shepherd. And he doesn't end there. That's not just theological information to stimulate my intellect. It leads me to a conclusion, a conviction. The Lord is my shepherd, therefore I shall not want. I shall not lack guidance. Oh my God. The Lord is my shepherd. How can I have a shepherd and lack guidance? Never. It's not possible. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. I want you to repeat that one to go. I want you to repeat it and say it from your spirit one to go. Hallelujah. Glory to God. And then few verses after this, it's so much, every single verse in that is powerful. But then he says, your rod and your staff. Come on, are you with me? What verse is that, please? Verse 4. It says, here do I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and staff comforts me. You know, I said in the first service, I want to say this again. I I like the fact that it begins with yeah. Like even if I'm walking through the valley of the shadow of death, as long as you are with me, it's okay. Yeah, that's okay. I can take it. Come on, are you with me? I mean fear should only exist in the absence of the presence of God. So because he is there, yeah, I can take it. Even if I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I'll fear no evil. And then it says your rod and staff comforts me. Now, I told you this is the theme of the service. Thy rod and thy staff. And this is where it's from. So I want you to confess it from your spirit. Not because I'm asking you to. Say with me, thy rod and thy staff. They comfort me. Say, I am comforted. I am preserved by divine guidance and divine protection. Say, your rod and staff comforts me. Say, divine guidance saves my life say divine protection saves my life. Say this is the testimony of my life forever. Oh my God. Listen, I want to give you 10 seconds on your own. Declare this. Declare this. Declare this. Declare and say it from your spirit. Your rod and staff. Your rod and staff. Your rod and staff. Thank you, Jesus. In Jesus' mighty name. Listen, I have seen it so many times how God can orchestrate events to save your life. Guidance and protection is a real thing. You know, something happened as I was on my way to Ghana the last time. Just at the lounge of the airport. I was at the lounge of the airport. But then one of the maybe she must have been a new employee and you know just announced prematurely that it was time to board so i came down from the lounge about enter the plane and they said well it's not time so everyone was just out there and because we were all out there someone who was going to be on the same plane saw me and said wow pastor like my wife listens to you every day and in my mind i'm like oh so your wife not you huh (laughs) but then he was exchanging pleasantries oh can i call my wife And as he was talking to me, I saw a vision. And I saw him in handcuffs. So I said, sir, I see a vision of you in handcuffs. And that except the Lord intervenes, not too long from now you'll be arrested. So as I'm trying to probe what the Lord is trying to show me, more details come. And I said, I see someone trying to introduce you to a deal that is illegal. Someone is trying to use you and your company to launder money and you will be arrested. The person will not be arrested. He screamed. He said, just days before. Just days before. About four days ago, one of his friends, a high-ranking friend in the military, said, there is an opportunity. I want to move this money with you and we will split the cost." And it made, when he mentioned the rank, there is no way in this country that person would have been arrested. And he would have gone. You would have taken the fall for it. And I'm just like, God is so kind. Now, if you wanted to see me maybe on a normal day, where? you're, You're not a church member, you don't attend. So how would you? But God orchestrated it, number one. Not just that we're going to be on the same plane. But that that announcement was made prematurely. So our paths crossed. Come on, are you listening to me? And just then. And he told me, honestly, Pastor, honestly, I was considering it. Honestly. So just by divine guidance. Hey. That's my life. Life. He says your rod and staff comforts me. Ah, Your rod and staff. I want you to declare that again. Your rod and staff comforts me. Say I have safety. By divine guidance. Oh that's so powerful. So now let's delve more into this and unpack this subject. What is the rod and the staff of God? What does it represent? First and foremost, the metaphor represents what is called the shepherd's crook. That's what it's called. It's a long sturdy stick, crook pointed and bent at the end. You might have seen pictures of it. You know, So that same stick, the shepherd's crook, is both a rod and staff. It's a staff of guidance for the sheep and a rod of protection against the enemy. Come on, are you getting what I'm saying? The same stick. Same stick. And, you know, because it's pointed, sometimes a sheep is going out of the fold and they just put, it, put the, 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 the rod around its neck and pulls it back. Some of you, that's how God would drag your neck back. He would he drag you back to safety. Say loud, Amen. You know, but it's very important you understand how God does this. Where is the staff of God? Where is the rod of God? Because if you interpret this just from strict metaphors, you'll be expecting God to literally stretch out his hand whenever you're in trouble. How does God protect and guide his children? Look at Revelation chapter 19, Revelation chapter 19, from verse 11. This scripture gives a prophetic imagery about Jesus the son of God. Revelation chapter 19 verse 11 it says now I saw the heaven opened and behold a white horse and he who sat on the on the horse was faithful and true in him is righteousness and he judges and makes war. His eyes were like flame of fire and on his head were many crowns and he had a name written on it that no one knew except himself and he was clothed with robe." In blood, and his name is called the Word of God. Can you say the Word of God? It says, And the he- armies in heaven, clothed in fine linen and white, white and clean, followed him on white horses. Verse 15, everybody pay attention. It says, Now out of his mouth goes forth a sharp sword. Listen, when it comes to what you see in your day to day life, this makes no sense. But in the realm of the spirit, he's saying, From his mouth proceeds a sharp sword it says that with it he should strike the nations and he himself will rule them with a rod of iron so out of his mouth is a sharp sword and a rod of iron amen somebody come on amen somebody amen. look at Isaiah chapter 11 verse 4 Isaiah chapter 11 verse 4 Isaiah eleven, four. he says but with righteousness He shall judge the poor and decide with equity for the meek of the earth. He shall strike the earth with the rod of his mouth. So, what is the rod of God? The rod of God is the word of God. It is with his word that he judges. And it is with his word that he guides. Please, are you getting what I'm saying? This means that primarily 80% 80% or more of all the leadings you will get are from the word of God. And you must be okay with this. In fact, no matter what else or how else you receive divine information, your walk with God will be so skilled if you are not content with the word. The word of God is the primary instrument for divine guidance because his staff and his rod are his word. Amen, somebody. Oh my God, I said amen, somebody. So I want you to go back to Psalm 23, which has been the proof text since we started this series. And I want you to study. Just imagine that everything that was said here was actually intentional, and it just tells you the believer's journey of spiritual development. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. The moment the Lord becomes your shepherd, you subscribe to his lordship. The first thing he makes you do before he leads you, a lot of people are looking for leading. He leads me beside the still waters. But the first thing he mentions is he makes me lie down in green pastures. Let me say this. If you put the cart before the horse, you will have a lot of problems. Before you start subscribing to visions and dreams, you must be well grounded in the word. Come on, are you getting what I'm saying? So, God will first make you lie down. Grow in the word of God. If you want to be led, first grow in the word of God. And so, the moment you come to the knowledge of God and acknowledging him as your shepherd and as your Lord, first thing, he makes you lie down. And that right there is divine guidance in and of itself. Because some of you only recognize promptings that benefit your career or have to do with relationships. You know, some people, the first voice of God they hear, God is telling them who they will marry. And some guy will come with audacity and tell you, sister, the Lord said you're my wife. What else has God told you in your life that you was correct? Then why should I believe you? Like really, you suddenly started hearing God. But listen, it starts with the small promptings. He makes me lie down. Has God ever told you, spend time with me today? Spend time studying my word. Spend time praying. There's some things I want to show you. There's some things I want to teach you. Spend time. That's a, Listen, that's a legitimate leading. Trust me, your mind cannot tell you to pray. Your mind cannot tell you to spend time with the word of God. Your unrenewed mind at least. But now, when you have that sense from within you, ah, I feel like I need to pray more. That's the Lord. He makes me lie down. Do you understand what I'm saying? And usually, if you don't lie down when you ought to lie down, when it is time to get up and be led beside the still waters, you may not be sensitive enough to interpret those promptings. So at a base and foundational level, please learn to lie down lie down in green pastures spend time with the word you know some animals can oh my god I I think the imagery is important because to lie down means you are not in a hurry don't speed read you must have times of special devotion emphasis where apart from the few moments you spend in the morning when you are rushing to work in Lagos you create time to sit with the word of God he makes me lie down lie there Be okay with his word, comfortable with his word. In fact, if God cannot get you to study his word, I doubt he can get you to do anything else. Some of you are wondering should I start a church or not? He has not successfully made you lie down. And you want big leadings, audacious direction. Start with the small things. The discipline of waking up in the morning and saying, I will not sleep till I have read this Bible. Even if it is few chapters, develop the discipline. Because the God of the Bible has not changed. He still makes people lie down. Amen, somebody? Oh my God. And so the Proverbs gives you an admonition. Proverbs 4, verse 20. It says, my son, Attend to my words. Incline your ear to my saying. It says, Let them not depart from your eyes and keep them in the midst of your heart. It says, For they are life to those who find it and help, health to all their flesh. Proverbs chapter 4, verse 20 to 22. Now, let me tell you something you probably didn't think about. The guy who I told prophetically that I saw him in handcuffs. Did he need a prophet to tell him? Did he not know that what he was going to do was was steal him? What I'm saying, is it simple or not? Now, the problem with some of you is you are looking for a voice to tell you what is already clearly and unequivocally written in the word of God. And if you continue like that, you will end up in prison. And that's no prophecy of doom. Why do you need a prophet to tell you what the word of God already clearly says? So if you want consistent, clear and accurate divine guidance, be satisfied with the word of God. Please, are you listening to this? Before you start listening to a voice telling you and leading you beside the still waters, lie down in green pastures. And Prioritize the word of God. Listen, the word of God is God. Do you not understand? Someone put it in an extra dramatic way. He says, If you want to hear God's voice, read your Bible out loud. I saw a video meme years ago. Very funny, but very true. Someone was saying, God, talk to me. And a gigantic hand stretched out the Bible and said, Take, read. That's my word right there. That's my word. And so you must be satisfied with the word of God. Listen, if you don't learn what I am telling you, you will make many mistakes in this life. You know what's interesting? Even with the multitudes of visions, if you are not grounded in the word, you won't even know how to interpret them. You know, an old friend called me, and we're talking, and he talked about A very interesting experience he had. He had been praying and fasting. And so one night, God woke him up. And he walked to his parlor. And to his surprise, he saw what appeared to be fire. You know, in like five different places. So he walked in the midst of it, wondering what was that. And he just felt the presence of God strong. And his wife also woke up. And when his wife walked up to the parlor, wondering what was happening, as he just stretched his hand at his wife, his wife fell under the power. Right in his house, this was not a church program, so he was wondering what was that. Now, apart from the fact that I've experienced that so many times, some of you know the, the story. You know, I've told you how um, I saw two angels and it turned to fire and it turned to, to angels, and the Lord said, I, I've told you that story many times, and that's in fact how I minister. Sometimes I'm ministering and I see them in the crowd, you know, see in front or something. But the Bible says that He makes His angel spirits and ministers flames of fire. In Bible interpretation and it's not like regular conjunction in English and in the Bible can be used to say the same thing in two different ways. Blessed be the God and Father. He's not talking about two different people. The God and Father means the God who is the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. So when he says he makes his angels make his spirits and ministers flames of fire, he's talking about the same people that angels can manifest as fire. Come on, is that simple? You know, so just by understanding the Bible, he could have said, oh, this is what I'm experiencing. So with the word of God, I told him, this is, those were angels. You saw them as fire, but they are actually angels. And it was the presence of God stirred up in that place that made you feel like that and made your wife respond that way. Now, listen, this is one out of many examples how just knowledge of the word of God strengthens even our interpretation of spiritual experiences that we have because trust me I've been there so many times not knowing what to do with promptings you know I remember we had this engineering program it's called SWEP students whatever whatever I, I hated it so I don't know the acronym <laughs> but I was in the room you know in fact one of us was there you know John Turretola, I don't know if he remembers but we happened to be in the same room that period I was lying on a mattress on the floor, praying. And all of a sudden, I got a strong nudge from God. So I got up. I had received something. I didn't know what it was. Then I felt laptop, laptop missing. So I opened my, lock- my locker. Ah, my laptop is there. I looked at him on the bed. His laptop is with him. What's happening? So I laid down back. Not up to five minutes after, the person in the next room running said, "Did you see the person running there? They just stole my laptop." So, at the time I was feeling that prompting, the laptop was going. God was trying to tell me I was still learning. You <laughs> get, you know, and I was like, "Oh my God!" And I want to tell you something from personal experience: as you grow in the Word of God those things it becomes easier for you to pick it becomes easier for you to identify are you listening to me it, it just becomes easier for you to say okay this is the lord this is not the lord this one is my i, I Eba, is eba this one is eba <laughs> if you want to grow in discernment grow in the word and let me say this please if you forget anything else i say today don't forget this one You cannot claim to be open to divine guidance if you don't read your Bible every day. You cannot claim. It is contradictory to claim to want to hear God receive divine guidance. And they have to persuade you, remind you, cajole you, use different tactics. They've come up with devotional you didn't read. Come up with prayer platform you didn't pray. So it starts with the small things. Please, are you listening to me? So, he, he, again, I'm saying, he makes me lie down. So God must help you or make you pay more attention to his word. Pay attention to spiritual nourishing. And when you begin to do that, two things will happen. The word of God has a way of filtering out wrong images that cloud your spiritual judgment. Some of you know what I'm saying, right? And that's why initially when you're trying to engage in spiritual activity, all the rubbish you've been doing will be interfering. Have you been trying to read your Bible and you're remembering some scenes from Netflix? So, but as you press on, all those things will be pushed out of your mind. It, it, it helps you declutter. Then you stay your mind on the word. Stay your mind. Stay your mind. Then you. the second most important thing is it now builds in you a discipline to honor the word of God above every spiritual encounter. This one, I am telling you, will save your life. I am saying, see, I've been around long enough. I may be a young preacher. I've been around long enough to know what I'm saying. It will save your life. You know what Peter calls the word of God, Second Peter nine. He calls it the more sure word of prophecy. 2 Peter 1.19. More sure word. More sure word. Thank God for dreams, visions, you know, and spectacular encounters. We have a more sure word of prophecy. All else can fail. All else can fallible. But not this one. This one can be trusted. Once he has spoken, twice we have heard. Come on, are you with me? A more sure word. And believers need to learn this. Thank God for dreams, visions. My goal in this service is to help you see that as important as dreams, visions, and all those things the audible voice of God may be, you must prioritize the written word and honor it above all else. Therein lies your security. Please, are you understanding what I'm telling you? Therein lies your security. You know, there's a text a lot of believers don't know. From John chapter 5 verse 36 Jesus said something interesting he says yeah you know John bears witness of me he says but I have greater, greater witness than John because a lot of people we see ministry or anything God would have us do as something that needs marketing so you know you might be flattered that John the Baptist went about telling people oh this is the Christ this is the Christ and and that's wonderful but Jesus says I have greater witness than that of John in fact in verse 41 he says I do not receive honor from men yeah John is doing what he's called to do but that's not my greatest witness I do not receive honor from men and what is his witness verse 37 he says and the father himself that sent me has borne witness of me he says neither have you heard his voice at any time nor seen his shape verse 38 you do not have the word abiding in you for whom he sent you believe not how do i know that you don't have the word of god abiding in you because you see if you had been listening to the word of god when the person he sent came you would have discerned him the reason they didn't discern christ is because they rejected the word come on are you getting what i'm saying this is a simple teaching on discernment You couldn't discern me. You can't discern me even if you try. Because to begin with you have rejected my father and his word. And so he tells them in in verse 39. He says you search the scriptures. Because in them you think you have eternal life. But they testify of me. So the reason you don't know me. Is because the scriptures that testify of me. You know they read them. You don't read it. You've not accepted it. And so, to reject the scriptures is to reject me. He said, if you were followers of Moses, you would have known me because he wrote of me. He testified of me. And so, this is the mindset of God. Anybody who rejects the word of God has rejected me. And such a person, I'm not going to go out of my way to with supernatural encounters. Only pamper their doubts I am telling you this is why Jesus preached the way he preached he spoke in parables because to begin with their eyes were not opened their ears were not so if he was responding to the hardness of their hearts come on I get what I'm saying that's why in the next chapter he began to preach in such a way without explanation he said if you don't eat my flesh and drink my blood you have no part in me So people were like, ah, are you a carnivore? And he didn't explain. Because he knew. You know, he already said in John chapter 2. He knew all men. He didn't need that anyone should testify of them. I'm doing a quick Bible study so that you can understand this. He knew all men and he didn't need anyone to bear witness of men. John chapter 2 from verse 23 to 25. You just take that down. And so when he comes to John chapter 6... From verse 44, he says, No one comes to me except the Father which sent me draws them. Verse 45, it is written in the prophets, They shall be taught of God. Every man therefore that has heard and has learned of the Father comes to me. So Jesus wanted to make sure that only those who had subscribed to the authority of the word of God will truly experience and enjoy his ministry that is why he preached like that and that's why he will preach some things and will not explain but when the multitude goes he will now explain to the disciples do you understand what i'm saying i am telling you this how does this pertain to you because it's the same yesterday today forever if you do not have a receptiveness to god and his word there are some revelations and supernatural encounters that will never come your way because as far as he's concerned the rejection of the authority of the word of God is the rejection of God only the people that the father draws to me will come to me that's the priority of Jesus and so if you want to grow in the things of God the authority of the scriptures you know the Bible tells us something put on your thinking caps now are you ready can we move on I'm just laying the foundation so that when we move you will understand this in Acts chapter 10 Peter still doesn't understand evangelism Jesus had clearly said go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature but you see he was so taken up and overwhelmed by the understanding of his culture as a Jew I should only associate with Jews Gentiles should have no dealings with us and we with them but Jesus had said go into all the world so now God wants to correct him what does he do Peter is sleeping and God shows him a trance, a sheet from heaven in Acts chapter 10 and then he sees several unclean animals and God says take, kill, eat, listen because I'm teaching you how to interpret visions, how to know visions are from God. What he's seeing in a vision contradicts his understanding of the scriptures, at least at the time. Meanwhile, Peter was wrong but conviction is conviction. Do you understand what I'm saying? So, when he sees a trance and God saying, Take, kill, eat, you know what he responds? He said, No, Lord. For I have not eaten anything unclean. But God responded. He said, Do not call things that I have cleansed common. Don't call it common. Don't call it unclean. Maybe you should see that yourself. Acts chapter 10. I don't want to speed read. Acts chapter 10, from verse 14. The Bible says, Peter said, not so, Lord. For I have not eaten anything common or unclean. And the voice spoke again to him the second time. What God has cleansed, you must not call common. You know, I've discovered something with God. Because he honors his word above his name, he will never be angry if you put his word to him. Do you understand what I'm saying? So, when you say no, Lord, if you see a vision and you disagree with it... because of your understanding of the word of God... God will either respond with scriptures... or point you to someone who will explain it to you... God will never be offended... that you disagreed with a vision... because of the word of God... I'm just teaching you the authority of scriptures... that even if in a vision... God told you to do something... if it is not in tandem... with your understanding of the scriptures... you can disagree... are you getting what I'm saying... Please learn this now. The reason you must learn this is because the Bible says even the devil appears like an angel of light. The devil can appear in a vision and pretend to be God. But because God honors his word above his name, he will not be offended if you say no. This is not consistent with what I understand to be the word of God. God will never be offended. This is what Paul was trying to explain to the church at Galatia. He says even if it is an angel, Who preaches another gospel? He says, Let him be accursed. Meaning, you can confront angels and spirits as long as your what they are asking you to do in that vision is not consistent with the word of God. You can disagree. You are allowed to. Are you getting this? No, Lord. And if it is truly the Lord, He will explain. He will say, Okay, you were right. In Leviticus, these were unclean, but now they are cleansed. I have broken down the middle wall of partition. Go into all the world. You listen, and he won't end there. He will give multitudes of confirmation. So Peter saw that trans three times so that he will know that I am not dreaming this because I ate too much ever before I slept. This is the law. Do you understand what I'm saying? I'm going to teach you either next week or upper how to know a dream or a vision is from God. So, he saw the dream three times and when he woke up, there was confirmation again. God spoke with an audible voice saying there are people out there, follow them. Many people have made many life changing decisions just by dreams that were not verified. we'll talk about that later. My emphasis is how did Peter know that indeed what he saw was from the Lord? Multitudes of confirmation, scriptural explanation. Come on, are you with me? When he woke up, he heard the voice. It wasn't just dream. He heard the voice when he woke up. There are people at the door follow them doubting nothing. Confirmations. So I am allowed to investigate what I saw, even if I see it in the dream, I can. And God mentors us in our interpretation. Jeremiah, God said, What do you see? When Jeremiah said what he saw, God said, You have seen well. Not everybody sees well. Do you understand what I'm saying? You can see the right thing and interpret it the wrong way. See, I am taking my time to explain this to you because are you ready for what I'm about to say? I have seen a lot of great prophets stumble at this. Great prophets. Great prophets. Either they come up with one doctrine. You are wondering, you hear from God. How can you make such a mistake? Something that the word of God clearly abominates. Or they will endorse one funny person either a funny man of god or a funny person, you're wondering how can you make such a mistake because i have discovered no matter how strong you are in the gifts if you are not grounded in the word you will make errors you will make errors i've understood it in fact sometimes i say it i don't think i'm better than in please don't get me wrong i'm teaching you the word of god right Hmm, I prefer first service, so who who are these people? Right? (laughs) Uh, All right. (laughs) You know, know. so just respond, okay? So let me tell you this. One of the men of God I respect so much who has been a blessing to me, you know, I can never tell my story without him. This person that God used to teach me how to hear from God, was the first person I saw cast out demons from someone. But, he was sincerely wrong about some things. And this, say, please don't get me wrong. Genuine man of God. I thank God for him forever. But one day, he just called me to a place where people were, you know. And in, at the corner of the place, there were five ladies talking. He just called me, come. He said, look at those ladies. Pick one of them that you will marry. Ah. Uh-huh. I had never seen any of them before. I didn't know their name, their character. I didn't... He said, pick one. You know, he was professing. I was saying, sir, sir. He said, pick one of them. I said, sir, pick one. You know, that was not the first time. One time he was praying with people and gave one name that was supposed to be my wife. You know? So out of curiosity, I, I didn't know the lady, so I was trying to get the name. Who is this lady? Who is this lady? I, I still remember the name. I don't want to mention it. You know. So, um, in one service, I had some other business, you know, for the school. So, I had not come for that service. But, in my absence, the man of God who was preaching that day, as he was preaching, a lady began to manifest. You know what I'm talking about? And a strong, masculine voice <laughs> from this lady, you know, started talking. So, so Um, one guy, I'm sure the guy is better in things like that, but wanted to cast the demon out and was struggling. He said, come out. The demon said no. So, he went and brought anointing oil as he was coming. The girl grabbed it, opened it, drank it. He said, I'm not going anywhere. You know? (laughs) You get what I'm saying? You know. So, so, wait now. (laughs) So, so they, some people came to call me or oh, you need to pray for this lady and all of that so I said what's her name so it's that again ah. so now make no mistake <laughs> wait now let me balance what I'm saying make no mistake we do not undermine the power of God in such a way that someone who has a demon you now think you can't marry the person you cast the demon out and marry do you understand what I'm saying but my issue is, when God was telling you that is my wife, why didn't God tell you she needs prayer? You <laughs> get so I say, first hey. we empty, anointing, or drink, drink and give you. Say I know they go. <laughs> you know, you know. I'm saying that because some of you. See, many so-called prophets have ruined families. And you, make no mistake, not all of them are fake. The person I'm talking about is a genuine man of God. But if you're not grounded with scriptures, see, just the normal respect for precedence in scriptures to say, ah, no man of God chose wise for people now. Do you understand what I'm saying? So just being content we're doing things the Bible way. It will save you in discernment. It will save you. Some of you, any small thing, you go and meet one prophet. And like I said last week, I want to say again in case you were not there. See, except you are desperate, discernment is easy. You go to see man of God, you enter backwards. And you say you didn't know. You use back enter Desperation affects discernment Please listen They tell you do silly things I have been in what is called deliverance for years so I know 9 out of 10 times when it is a very serious case and I'm saying this respectfully so that the parents say we hear. It is mistakes of parents. You took your child somewhere. They gave your child fish to eat. It wasn't that, is that not a sign? Once they bring the fish, she says, there's something in the car. I want to go and pick, come. Let's go and bring, <laughs> Run. Even Jesus, there was five loaves, two fish, he multiplied only the bread. Do you see he multiplied fish? Leave fish alone. At the preacher, that was good, okay. That was wow, that was really good. (laughs) I'm joking. You know, so leave fish, you they chop fish, you don't get food for house. Now you're wondering why fish is pushing you in the dream. Please listen come on are you with me yes. this is very important you see even God did not choose wife for Adam read your Bible well read your Bible well because it could have even been ironic you create a man you say have dominion then the first decision he will make in his life you make it for him it should have been a joke created the man and said have dominion then you choose wife for him what then is dominion so God trusted the divine wisdom Adam had to make the right choice and to make differentiations. so the Bible says the God brought all the animals to Adam to see what he would call them and that's that's what wisdom is differentiation he said this one is a cow you are not a spouse cow this one, goat, not spouse. Some of you have called goat husband. And you wonder why he doesn't listen. I mean, read it there. The Bible says, Adam gave names to all the animals, but for Adam was not found help meets. So, he differentiated animals from spouse. Hey, God. So, so, after that, God caused a deep sleep to fall upon Adam. Then from his rib, he made the woman. When Adam opened his eyes, he said, hey. hey. This is now bone of my bone, flesh of my, Like, now you're talking. So, even, even God didn't say, see your wife. He allowed him to open his eyes and see on his own and say, Hey, this is bone of my bone. Are you getting what I'm saying? God, so, God will present you opportunities to make choice based on your understanding of his word and your understanding of your needs. You see someone you've known him throughout your school days. Good, responsible, loves the Lord, cares about you more than anyone in the world, maybe apart from your parents, has a good job, wants to marry a prophet, say, mm, mm, it's not the one. Ah, now you're gonna marry me. <laughs> <laughs> then who? <laughs> Pastor, are you single? <laughs> ah. <laughs> I'm saying it because I have cried because of silly prophecies perfect couple like this couple goes you don't even know the guy where do you see the Bible in the Bible that prophets chose wife See, be satisfied with the word. Let the word of God give you guidance. Come on, are you with me? Lamp unto my feet. Light to my path. That's the word of God. I get my guidance from here. I get my guidance from here. Don't ever go to a man of God and say, who do I marry? Ha, ha. A man of God can tell you, watch out for this. See, I'm not, listen, (laughs) there are slim possibilities that those prophetic gifts are right though. From my experience, about 2% of the time, 2%. But almost all the times, you don't need prophecy, you can tell. This guy is treating you poorly, but because you have money, he has money, you didn't see it. uh, No, he's in a bad mood. (laughs) let me can I say something from the word of God hey are you ready for what I'm about to say when I say what I want to say don't argue go and study from the word of God you don't need prophetic gifts to pick a good partner seller Do not need. It can be an advantage because sometimes even our assessments are limited, and you trust God in everything. But God do not choose for you. No, not the God of the Bible. He that finds, not He that I help to find. He that finds, you will find. You will, you will find yourself. So. Just simple going with the Bible will save you from a lot of troubles. Let me show you something else. First Corinthians chapter four. First Corinthians chapter fourteen, verse twenty-nine. It says, "Let two or three prophets speak." and let others judge. Listen, the church doesn't understand this. Just because he's a man of God with proven prophetic gifts does not mean that what he says cannot be scrutinized because the final authority is the word of God. Come on, are you with me? Prophetic gifts are not infallible. We know in parts. we prophesy in parts. Let them prophesy and let others judge. So, where does this align when it comes to consistent hermeneutical interpretation of the scriptures? Let others judge. You say, "Um, I see you. Okay, sir. Go and pray on your own. Are you with me? And the good news is this God will never write down what I'm about to tell you. God will never give you any major leading without confirming it in multiple ways he will confirm it in multiple ways if a dream is from the Lord you will not dream it once Ah! it is either you dream and then he will still tell you when you wake up just like he did Peter when Peter woke up God now spoke to him expressly follow those people So, even if a man of God tells you this, 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 it will usually co- confirm if this is true. It will usually be a confirmation of something the Lord has been telling you. Is that not true? It, because you have the Holy Ghost. You don't start living like an Old Testament guy. You have the Holy Ghost. It should be a confirmation. Or when you hear it, listen, when Jesus was opening the scriptures in Luke chapter 23, their hearts were on fire. As he was talking, there was an inward witness. Inward witness. If you receive any prophecy that is a total shock, go and pray. It is either untrue or you need personal confirmation on your own. And God will never feel annoyed or disrespected that you ask for more confirmation. He's a patient guide. Gideon will put cloths. He said, if... Everywhere is wet. This cloth is dry. It's God. The next day, everywhere was wet. This cloth He said, okay, okay, okay. Just to be sure it was not fluke. If the cloth alone is wet, everywhere is dry. Ah, ah. You wait normally. You, they dream. Say your bed, they fly. You, they dream. Normal things. Then you now see a woman in the dream. You now think. All, all of a sudden, you trust your dream. <laughs> you wait, they eat normally. It Do all sorts of, in the dream. Go for dreams, oh God! Some of you, the moment you dream like this, don't don't believe it. You they dream, Mumu? You know now. Some of you, ah uh-uh. ah. There are some people if they dream. I don't know why people is laughing. but God speaks to my wife. If God wants to talk to my wife, he talks to her. For our dreams. When she tells me dreams, what was laugh? It's, it's for laugh. <laughs> I said, What did you dream this time? She now say, I saw a cockroach that was flying. You know, <laughs> we we'll now laugh. That's what. <laughs> but she If if she says, I sense her, uh, I will pay attention. I must finish this because this is important. Praise the Lord. Yeah. Alright, so he says, Let prophets speak and others judge. He says verse 31. For for you can all prophesy one by one that all may learn and be encouraged. Verse 32: The spirits of a prophet is subject to the prophet. Everybody read verse 32 together, loud as you can. One, two, go. That means your Bible is not open. First Corinthians fourteen thirty two says, the spirits of the prophets are subject to the prophet. This is something you need to understand and this will help you understand. Now, some people ask, how can genuine men of God make mistakes? I will tell you why. Because the spirits of the prophet are subject to the prophet. I'll give you a simple example. God will never speak to you in a language you don't understand, even if he speaks all languages. Because spiritual information will be filtered through your mind. And it is only what you understand that you can interpret. Do you understand what I'm saying? And so God will pick a language you understand. And that's why when a prophet is prophesying, if he did not learn English well, you will be shelling. you will be making heavy grammatical blunders. under heavy anointing. So, some of you pretend like you don't know what I'm saying. You see, you're afraid to laugh, so that thunder will not fire you. But you know what I'm saying. You'll be shelling like this. But... The unction is there. (laughs) Because the spirit of a prophet is what? So so sometimes, if they've not studied the word of God, not understood God, in fact, sometimes, "Ah, God, can I talk? Sometimes the spirit stops somewhere. Your mind will continue. In interpretation, you will embellish it. I remember the first time I was talking to someone in school. I was saying 3.32 or something on his forehead. So I said, is your CGPA 3.32? He said, yes. He was now like, wow. What does that mean? I said, I don't know. <laughs> I, I saw it. Do you know what I said? Do you know? So I didn't want to. You know, I can say, hmm, the Lord is. <laughs> you get what I'm saying? Look. There are biblical examples. God led Samuel all the way to David's house. He got their GPS stopped. God said there is a king here. He got their GPS. Instead of him to pray, he started guessing. You saw earlier from the chest. <laughs> it is you. And God said it is not him. But he did not tell him who. You know, do you understand? I have seen him many times. Sometimes you will prophesy, it will stop halfway. <laughs> oh God, that thing can't It will hook. Say, give Jesus praise. Can you get on the keyboard? <laughs> hey, make cannot not give you a scope. <laughs> you will prophesy like this, accurate. You will just hang. The person will come and say, it's me. The two now hook, is a give us. That song, pick that song again. <laughs> <laughs> and sometimes it's just exposure. 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 You know, so you, you allow your exposure limit. That's why exposure is important. I've told you this before. When God is training, he works with the mind. He'll take Abraham out, see children. You must, ah, my God. Otherwise, it will affect your supernatural. You know, there was a time, 2006, a man of God said, I don't need phone. (laughs) What do I need phone for? I'm sure he has changed. (laughs) So you need to differentiate the voice of poverty from the voice of God. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> let's go home, you are not ready you see, just so you understand I have made the same mistake too before there was a time I was preaching <laughs> I, don't, I don't know I don't like when I'm preaching and people who know me I, <laughs> I was preaching I said, how can someone use 300,000 to buy phone I know it's hard to imagine that I said that kind of thing. Eh, yes, You You not So then, not long after, I was having lunch with someone. Not just did he have one phone; that more than three, he had two. So my I like wrong priorities. Then it see. It was revelation for me. He said, oh, I'm, I make this about every day. I've given to the Lord. When he mentioned the amount, Giving to the Lord, giving to the poor, bought a car for my mom, and I just decided, what can I do for myself? And I bought two phones. And you know, that made sense. Ooh. So, oh, so 300K is small for some people. <laughs> I didn't know. <laughs> This was a long time ago, but uh, still. Uh, <laughs> I didn't know. So I stopped talking like that. <laughs> Please, are you getting me? Exposure. Expo- you see, genuine man of God, till now, in the church, say women stay on one side, men stay. See, oh my God. Exposure. Come on, are you with me? And I won't give more examples. But um, please bear in mind, the spirit of a prophet is subject to a prophet. You know, oh my God, someone gave this illustration and it was so powerful. When we were at the advent of smartphones, when they were getting popular, the majority of people were still using 3310 and all those kind of phones. Some people send you an MMS, assuming that you have a smartphone, and what was a picture in your own phone appears as codes in your own. And so the problem was not the information. The problem was the capacity to receive. Clap for the person. It's not me, but you know, it's <laughs> fitting me as a, you know. <laughs> you know it, it was your capacity to in, in, receive. And that's just an example of how you can receive and see. So the, what entered that phone was authentic. It was your interpretation that was flawed. So, when you have wrong premises in understanding the word of God, you will see something, your interpretation will be flawed. When someone will come and say, God said, with a lot of conviction, and you're like, ah, 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 what do you see? While Again, God asked Jeremiah, what do you see? When Jeremiah responded, he said, you have seen well. It is possible to see and not see well. may the Lord help us so Jesus I will wrap up as fast as possible so as you begin to train yourself the simple principle is to prioritize the Word of God you see something very interesting happened in Luke chapter 9 the transfiguration experience of Jesus he went up with three of his disciples and just. When they were already feeling tired and weary and about to sleep, they opened their eyes and they see that standing with Jesus was Peter, uh, I beg your pardon, was Moses and Elijah, two of their heroes. These are the people they grew up reading, learning about how great prophets they were, how Moses stretched out his rod and the wrecks he parted, how Elijah called down fire, you know, from, from the sky, you know, and many great miracles they did. And there they are standing with Jesus on the mountain. And they almost lose their minds. They're like, we don't want this to ever end. Let's get tense. One for Elijah. One for, for Moses. And one for you. Let's camp there. And the Bible says, whilst they were still talking, a cloud appeared and a voice from the cloud. This is my beloved son. Hear him. This is a training in discernment. Listen, there are many voices. There are many prophets, but they are not the son of God. Do you understand what I'm saying? You might have Elijah there. You might have Moses there. But this is my beloved son. Hear him. And the Bible says as a prophetic signification. As soon as that voice was heard. The next thing. They opened their eyes again. Elijah had disappeared. E- e- Moses had disappeared. The only person standing was Christ. That's what we mean when we say let every other name fade away. Come on. Are you with me? Are you with me? So you must prioritize Christ and his word. And that must be the basis of your interpretation. There are many great men of God. They are all fallible. Great men of God. Imperfect men of a perfect God. Never forget that. That even in the Bible you can correct. You can say, ah, this was wrong. Ah, man of God was in the flesh. So they come to Jesus and they say, Moses gave the order of divorcement. He said, because of the hardness of your heart, Moses said this. But from the beginning, it was not so. Come on, are you getting this? So when you read, a prophet was going and children were laughing at his bowed head. And in anger, he called a bear to destroy them. Was he walking in the will of God? No. So you can, on the strength of the word of God, say he was wrong. Please, are you listening to me? You see? Jesus they tried to get Jesus to do something similar. Interestingly, what I'm about to say happened immediately after the transfiguration experience and I will tell you why. Why that's important. After the transfiguration experience, they tried to enter his city to preach and they wouldn't let them. And one of them said, "Call down fire just like the prophets to burn them." He re- the reason he said that is he was still overwhelmed by the fact that he saw Elijah. He wanted to be like Elijah. He had not heeded the voice of God. You are not Elijah. Contrary to the song, these are not the days of Elijah. These are the days of Christ. God who at sundry times and in diverse manners spoke unto the fathers by the prophet hath in these last days spoken to us in his son who is the brightness of his glory, the express exact image of his person. This is our example. Looking unto Jesus. Come on, are you with me? So they said, call down fire like Elijah. And he says, the Bible says Jesus rebuked him. And said, you don't know what spirit you are of. That tells you Elijah was wrong. He said, God did not send me to destroy. He sent me to save. The anointing is not for destruction. It's for salvation. Yeah. You know, some people, under the prophetic anointing, you say, close your eyes. If you don't close your eyes, you will be blind. Ah, uh-uh. ah. <laughs> what kind of, how do I tell my neighbors that I came to church seeing I went home blind? What kind, of God, see, what kind of evangelism is that? <laughs> so you need to know when the person is overwhelmed by power and do you understand? When you see it, you see those signs. So how do you know when a prophet might be sincerely or intentionally wrong? Number one, when it directly contradicts the scriptures. Number two, and the reason number two is very important is because number one is not always the problem. You, it's possible to see a prophet who is in error and the sermon is impeccable. Especially in these days of internet, you can just take the material of a genuine man of God, preach it, and get away with it. Are you, are you, should I talk or not? But if at the end of the day, he leads to money, everything was tied to money if money or self-exaltation is the motive like that woman with the familiar spirit there was nothing wrong with what she said these men bring you words by which you will be saved it was even Christ-centered <laughs> salvation-centered sermon but she was operating by a false spirit how should they have known? the Bible says she brought her masters much gain by her Saying it was about money So you should have known. You go to see a man of God. They say before you go, before you see him, you pay five k, and there is a list: five k deliverance, ten k financial prosperity, blessing. You should have known. Everything is. They would take fifteen offerings. Now, there are genuine men who have copied bad attitudes from false prophets. Do you understand what I'm saying? But all these things must be corrected. or oh, you, you will save yourself from the word. You can tell. If it it's self-exaltation. Someone is prophesying. Do you know how sacred prophecy is? If you see someone prophesy. And he's swelling up. It's a sign. Prophet will get hype man. Bro. Bro. You should have known. Already, <laughs> huh. you prophesy they are healing you in church. Ha! Ah! I don't want to call any, <laughs> but you know what I'm saying. Huh. Should, you, should you not have known? You see, discernment is so low in the church, things that are so basic, you should have known. Look at how even the way Paul shared his experience, very moderate, very, you know, whether in the body or out of the body, I cannot tell. So, you went to heaven, just say it. So careful. It got to a point because of the miracles, people were beginning to deify them. They tore their clothes and said, is it because of the regalia? Maybe you think that we don't have flesh. See oh. We are humans like you. If you see a man of God, you never see humanity. That's that's a red flag. Always in another dimension. Always. I knew I needed to calm down when I went to um, the cafeteria in school, and people saw me carrying food and they started crying. That's why I knew something is wrong. So I was saying, "Why are you crying?" See, just seeing you here eating. Ah. I got you know, At first I thought it was anointing that the glory, because it happens sometimes. But ah, say I'm eating. <laughs> Calm down. Has it ever, you know? <laughs> there you go. I don't want to look for your trouble. No, have you ever wondered? Maybe your most revered man of God, he has children. So you're wondering how. Don't worry. Some of you don't think I'm before. That how? I know how. He was praying, then the Lord stoned him. Bah! Firstborn. Hey. Wow. I will call you Elijah. God stone and picking, bass. <laughs> or stone his wife. They were both praying. God stone his wife. Fuck. You want stone Oh God. You see, even if like the wise men from the east. That I jokingly seriously call evil boys They're from the East not jokingly seriously jokingly All right. wise men from the East see a star and that star they understand the signification a king is born they follow the star and they are right the star leads them to Jerusalem Leads them to Jerusalem and they are right a king has been born but the cash the, the star stops there listen Many of you, this happens in your life and you don't understand why I'm telling you. The star stops. You follow the star all the way and it stopped. And so they enter the palace and they ask, where is he that should be born king of the Jews? Listen, the prophetic encounter had stopped but the prophets opened the scriptures and said, according to prophecy, he is to be born in Bethlehem. Let me tell you something. The star may lead you to the palace but only the scriptures will lead you to the manger. Only the scriptures so God has designed spiritual encounters not to be self-sufficient that if you follow only spiritual encounters there is a level of accuracy you will never touch you will never touch because prophecy happens in two ways yeah prophecy can come by supernatural encounter but the bible says Daniel understood by books he just read and said according to God's templates outlined in the scriptures This is the spiritual season we should be seeing. And that's why when you reject the reading of the word of God, every other extra supernatural encounter you want seems like disobedience to God. Wicked and perverse generation, you ask for a sign. No other sign will be given to you but the sign of Jonah. Go and read the Bible. Go and read about Jonah and you will know what season you are in. The star may lead you to Jerusalem. Only the word of God will lead you to the manger. Learn to embrace the word of God. Put it above any opinion of men. Let God be true and all men liars. Listen, love all men, honor God above all men. If I give you a word, vet it. For your own life. And I'm not, see, there's, a, there's another extreme where you now become extra suspicious. I'm not, do you understand what I'm saying? The Bible says, despise not prophesying. Never despise prophecy. But pray about it. Get confirmation. God is so meticulous. He will not just speak to Cornelius. He will speak to Peter. Come and are you with me? He's, called, he's meticulous. Throughout the Bible, God is a God of confirmation. Mary will not just come to Joseph and say eh, I was praying, then an angel said oh, believe me, nobody touched me Ah, the same angel appeared to Joseph, confirmation is a small thing for God, do you understand what I'm saying? so God, I am not really clear on this, I wake up, I have a dream, I don't know the meaning God, I want confirmation, in the name of Jesus I receive it, and on the strength of the word, if confirmation doesn't come I am allowed to discard it Because if it was important and I am receptive, it will come again. Or if it does not come again, it means it's not time. Has it not happened that it was 10 years after? A dream you had 10 years prior now made sense. So if the interpretation doesn't come, it means it's not time. I'm not supposed to do anything about it. But if I honor the word of God, I will never be wrong. The word of God is lamp unto my feet, light to my part. Come on, are you with me? And so what we're going to do for the next few minutes is we'll enter into few minutes of soaking worship. And what we are doing is this. We are realigning the priorities of our hearts to say, God, we put you first. We put you first. We put you first. Thank God for visions, but we honor your word. Come on, are you with me? Uh, thank God for dreams we honor your word this is our guiding light a more sure word of prophecy and in any way that we have made your word small in our hearts we repent that's what we're about to do right now come on are you ready if you have a prayer language begin to use it right now or just begin to pray begin to pray begin to pray, begin to pray. Begin to pray. Make this time count. Hi. Don't forget. As they ministered to the Lord and fasted, the Holy Ghost said. Listen to me. And as you worship, let me say something. So this is how to know how aligned your heart is what does the bible say about marriage what do i say about marriage it is from the small things when you begin to camp around an opinion that is inconsistent with the word of god you are not open to divine leading so in the place of worship you align your priorities with the word of god you side with god on marriage on career on life Make sure you have no other opinion. You know what the Bible says? It says, the meek will he guide and teach his ways. It takes humility to receive guidance. Lord, I'm not going to uphold any opinion inconsistent with your wisdom. And it begins from there. And as we worship right now, I am telling you, light from the word of God is dawning in your inside. So I want you to open up your heart and worship the Lord right now. Come on. I want to give you a few minutes you're going to pray. For some of you, just like Jesus appeared to Paul on his way to Damascus, confronted him in his rebellion, the Lord is bringing you to that point to realign your priorities to his will. Lord, in any way, I have run ahead of you, strategized my own way, crafted my own plans in disobedience, consciously or unconsciously, I align myself. I realign myself. I realign myself. In the name of Jesus, some of you need this. I'm giving you a few minutes. This is why we came. Not to hear a good sermon, but so that your life can be reordered. Your life can be reordered. Your life can be reordered. Thank you Jesus. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. He says, there's a way that seems right unto a man. But the end thereof is the way of death. In any way I have sought my own way. At the expense of your will, your leading, your planning. I repent. In Jesus' mighty name, we have prayed. Thank you for listening.